Welcome to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. And now here's your host, Joe Levitt. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. Uh, This week we are joined by Susie Bullock and Susie is the founder of the iconic barbecue brand Hay Grill Hay. She has been around food her whole life and uh, was drawn to the smoke in 2013 when a neighbor asked her for some recipe development help on an upstart grill brand. Little did she know that would start her on an episodic culinary journey that would culminate with her joining me here today. Who knew that, right? Just all that leading to this this one big point. But please, very moment. That's right. Please welcome into the May the Smoke Be With You podcast, Susie Bullock. Susie, welcome in and thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. You know, uh, it's been a while. We've been trying to make this happen uh, for a little bit. It first started with, uh, I think, just a, a DM uh, from, I think, Todd to me. And and that was months ago. Uh, and then we yeah. kind of went into hiatus between seasons. And we're finally here. So uh, the stars aligned and made that happen. But uh, hey, where's home for you? Where are you guys at? We are in southern Utah. It's called St. George. It's about an hour and a half, two hours north of the North River, the Grand Canyon, hour and a half ish outside of zion national park so we're in the top corner of the desert surrounded by some of the most beautiful beautiful places in the whole country it's awesome uh yeah my my wife spent some time out in uh in utah loved all the national parks uh she she's just kind of begging for us and our family to get back out there uh because yeah. it, it's gorgeous and it, it i've just been to salt lake uh for some events but uh yeah i can you you live in a beautiful place and uh, yeah, so how many we really do how many months of the year does that give you for good grilling weather then? 12. 12. I mean, yeah, it's, we don't have to deal. I mean, we saw snow, I think twice this year, but it melted the same day. So it was kind of like living okay. in a snow globe. And I'm pretty sure we still cooked out those days because I grew up in Northern Utah uh, and it was buckets of snow all of the time. And a lot of our early videos, we were actually in Northern Utah when we first started the grill hay and um, there are several where you'll actually see like snow in the video, just driving snow. So our move to Southern Utah was definitely, uh, based around our delaying quick outside year round a little bit more easily. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, uh, you mentioned kind of growing up in, uh, Northern Utah, you grew up in kind of a food family. Is that right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm the youngest of six kids, so family dinners okay. were always a big deal. And uh, Sunday was kind of when everybody gathered around the table and, you know, the family would cook and hang out and play games. So that was part of my culture always. But um, my dad was a hotelier and an entrepreneur and owned several properties as part of a management group. And the one that our family kind of latched onto was just outside of Bryce Canyon National Park, which is, again, a couple hours from where I am now. And so we would go down there for the summers and there was a restaurant on the property and I grew up bussing tables and waiting tables and, you know, playing hostess and washing dishes and all, all, all of the things involved with, you know, a family restaurant business. So it was really fun. What was on the the menu for a typical Sunday dinner for you guys? Oh, my mom, she wasn't what I would consider a Southern cook, but meat and three was her staple. So So we would have our main protein. Yes. Whatever that was. And then she would always have a starch and a green vegetable and a yellow vegetable. And that was kind of the the guiding parameters for a Sunday dinner. But if it was summer, I mean, we loved 
cooking out in the backyard and you know we called it a barbecue even though we didn't really i didn't really know what barbecue really was it was grilling out but you right. know we do burgers and my mom had an awesome garden when i still remember fresh garden tomatoes on our burgers and you know mm -hmm. all that good stuff now the so the restaurant was it kind of a, a resort area like it was you guys were just really active during the summer or was it a year-round uh, hotel because you just kind of mentioned in the summers you were there or was it uh... yeah it definitely picked up in the summers i mean now all national parks are busy all of the time but yeah especially in the summers i think people are more apt to take road trips and bryce canyon is not one that you can fly into and fly out of it's something that right. you know from the nearest airport you're driving four plus hours so people came and they stayed and it was usually during the summer seasons when the weather was nice and they were guaranteed, you know, good hiking and, and sunshine and blue skies. So summer was the busiest time. That's when we saw the most tourists, especially internationally. And okay. so, and you know, the kids were out of school. So my parents had labor to send down there and, <laughs> and work. And you and, guys did, did everything. You were an army. You were six people. You, you made a big dent in the work that needed to be done. It was pretty, yeah. And it's a very tiny town. Uh, like I said, the year round residents, it's like, and there's like five to 600 people that live in the town that we would go and, you know, oh, wow. working over the summer. And my brother actually met a local or stayed and got married and had his kids. So we still get to go over all the time. My parents sold the hotel years and years ago, but uh, we still have an excuse to go back several times a year. We love it. Was your mom involved with the hotel as well? Oh, it was mostly my dad was the owner and, you know, the siblings kind of all worked it. But, um, yeah, the funny thing is now that after it sold, I went back a couple of years ago and one of the kids who I used to wash dishes with in the back had bought, uh, leased it out and turned it into a barbecue restaurant. So there's oh, actually wow. a, like a legit barbecue restaurant there now that, uh, that wasn't there when I was a kid. So that was a pretty fun, like full circle moment. And, my rubs and sauces were being carried in the little general store right next door. So we went and took videos of my, you know, my stuff on the shelves and said hi to my friend that was around the barbecue spot. And it was, it was really cool. That's very cool. So you, uh, you grew up kind of Northern Utah. Then, then what was next for you? Like what was kind of early, early adult life, uh, for you kind of, uh, on the culinary side, or did you kind of get away from food and, and restaurants? Oh man, it was college and top ramen. I feel like everybody paid their dues, right? Yeah. <laughs> Going out was a treat and we would buy the starving student cards. Our college had those starving student cards where the local restaurant could give you like super deals. Yeah. And so we always loved going out to eat and get a few favorite spots. But uh, I met my husband the day before I started school my freshman year. Oh, so wow. before I even went to college, college, uh, he walked into my apartment and, you know, we started hanging out as friends and dated for about a year and a half. And so I got married when I was 19. I was tiny, very young. Um, but we figured if we could make it work at nine or 18 years old for a year, we could probably hack it for the long haul. <laughs> sure. Why not? Right. Sure. Why not? Um, and then I graduated with my bachelor's in psychology. My husband, Todd, a lot of people know Todd, especially if you follow on social media, he's taste test Todd. Like he's the guy. He's the best guy. Everybody knows Todd. Everybody loves Todd. Um, and I just did too. He's the best, the best person I'd ever met. So I locked him down real quick. I was like, you're not, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> um, and he graduated with his master's in accounting, um, went on to do a decade of corporate accounting and professional accounting, got a CPA oh, wow. license and 
kind of transitioned to him being the, you know, the full-time provider and me being a full-time stay-at-home mom and uh, did that for about six months before I realized I needed some kind of like outlet. I'm yeah. naturally a very like, I, I operate under high levels of stress. <laughs> Most of the time they're self-inflicted. Um, so I found a job doing online content creation for a blogger that wrote about couponing and deals. And that's kind of how I stepped foot into the world of blogging. And that was 14 years ago. So it's been okay. a long, a long time. And so the, you know, when you kind of, uh, got back into food or into, to barbecue, so you, you know, on the content creation side, coupons, deals, probably some, Hey, feed a family really cheap kind of content, yes. I imagine. Um, yes. and then you, you had a neighbor, this, this is just, I find fascinating who said, <laughs> I'm launching a, a grill brand, uh, and I need some well, help with- Well, he was with... the marketing director for a grill brand. Okay, and said, all right. We have to digitize this library of content because the grills had existed forever. Um, okay. But when you bought one of these smokers, you were just given a little spiral bound recipe book with yeah. 20 recipes in it or whatever. Yeah. Um, because at the time, finding barbecue recipes online just wasn't like a thing. Yeah. Um, even, I mean, even published recipes. So I worked for a deal blogger. I was an avid food blog lover and reader and at home like cooking was my favorite part about that whole like family life experience mm -hmm. and date nights Todd and I were always trying new places uh the friend that got me the job was one of our foodie friends like we would swap recipes and cookbooks and we would go on double dates and find new restaurants to try and so she knew how in love I was with food and that I had this kind of online content creation background. So she said, you know, I think you'd be a great, a great fit for this. And so I submitted my little application online. I did a little food write up online and, uh, and landed the job. And initially my job was to help digitize their library of existing content so that when people bought a grill, they didn't just have to have, you know, the spiral bound the pamphlet, hand printed pamphlet yeah. book they would have a resource to be able to cook more and more types of things. Mm -hmm. And we burned through those initial recipes very quickly. Um, and I learned a lot about how to write good recipes for people because mm -hmm. a lot of barbecue recipes at the time were written assuming that the user had a ton of knowledge about barbecue. Right. Because the person who wrote them had a ton of knowledge about barbecue. And so mm -hmm. a lot of instructions were just assumed. I don't know if you've ever looked at old recipes generally, mm. but people cooked a lot more frequently. So there was a lot of instructions that they were like, yeah, they'll know how to do that. Right. Like that's common sense. It's just like a normal thing that everybody knows how to do. Uh, but I had no experience with wood-fired cooking. I was a great mm. cook. I loved cooking. I loved reading recipes. I, was, I would be the person that would get a cookbook and sit down and I would read the cookbook. So I, lo right. I loved the entire process of it's yeah. like super appealing to me, um, but I didn't know a lot about barbecue. And I learned through cooking these kind of old school recipes that people had written down and trying to decipher and fill in the gaps and, you know, with my own bank of food knowledge, build on what I knew um, mm -hmm. while pulling information from from recipes that were a little bit incomplete or you know, written for somebody with a higher skill level than I had. And so I kind of developed this ability to write recipes for people to easily follow. 
because that's what I wanted. (laughs) Right. And I didn't have it. And so you, uh, the, the grill company that we're talking about is, is Traeger. So, uh, you know, at that point in their kind of, uh, life cycle, where, where were they? How long had they been out? Um, oh, this was not, this is not Traeger as anybody knows it today. (laughs) Right. Yeah. This was Joe Traeger's business who had just been purchased, um, by, you know, uh, a Utah investment kind of firm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were in the transition process of moving it, moving all the headquarters to Utah, kind of relaunching the brand, you know, as the world knows it now. Yep. But very, very, very early days of that transition, like over a decade ago. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. I, I will say that, you know, I think a lot of barbecue purists have such a hard time with with Traeger. They think, you know, or the pellet grills just in general. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't. I think it's great because it gets more people out there, gets more people cooking. It takes it and puts it at a level that anyone can go out and literally add some pellets to a hopper, hit a button, and they can be cooking. And and I think I think that's great. The other thing I think Traeger has done marvelously is they they've just built a lifestyle brand uh, that is yeah. just from the outside looking in is just, it's a, it's a marketing doctoral machine. thesis. Yeah. I mean, yes. it's, it's amazing really is. And you were yeah. kind of part of that initial, like, like push or change of, <laughs> of what they, what they did in, in some ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was an interesting and fun couple of years to see how that company started to grow. And honestly, the lifestyle already existed like that, that style of low and slow cooking, like Traeger didn't invent that no. by any means. Yes. But their ability to market that to a mass audience was really impressive. And honestly, for myself, I didn't have access to that type of cooking growing up. Mm. Like I mentioned earlier, like barbecue to us was a cookout. It was burgers and steaks and, you know, salmon and hot dogs. And my dad loved to cook and he loved to grill. And my mom was a great cook too. So I grew up around food. I was familiar with food. Uh, but the concept of low and slow wood-fired barbecue was new to me. And I didn't find that until I was in my 20s. And Traeger was really that foot in the door for me. Now, yeah. I've cooked on every type of smoker. We had an offset yeah. fired up in our backyard yesterday. And for me, it was like a gateway drug. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, for a lot of people, it's a one-stop shop. That's the only smoker you'll ever need and and fantastic. Uh, for people like me, like, once you buy into the lifestyle, you're like, oh, no, I think I have like 18, at least 18 cookers in my house right now. We've got another one on order. Like, it's just it. it's like bunny rabbits. They just multiply. And I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> where, but I've cooked on everything. And uh, it really is a lifestyle and a passion and a family and a community and all these amazing things that came from, you know, getting that foot in the door. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I was, uh, spent some time on your website and see, you know, the product, uh, reviews, kind of the grill, uh, overview that you have and just the way you simply break it down and kind of talk through kind of each specific, uh, grill, what they're good for. Uh, I'll see on different recipes that you're, you know, you're not, uh, you know, only talking about, I cook on my, my Traeger, I cook on my camp chef, I cook, whatever it is. Like you're saying, Hey, I reckon, for this dish, I love cooking it on X, uh, and I, I I really I applaud that. I think it's uh, I think it's great, and it just shows you as a truly unbiased 
resource, I think, out there in the barbecue world because so many are just kind of aligned to one particular grill and they're just cooking on that constantly. Yeah. And I get that. I, I totally get that, especially if that brand is putting millions of dollars behind their marketing because that's less money you have to spend marketing yourself. So if you can just be like, I want these guys, let's go. Yes, um, and yeah, I've seen it over sure. and over again. It's an awesome strategy for, you know, building different different ways. But the way that we built was always when I broke off and started writing recipes on my own, um, one of my main focuses was that you can cook my recipes on whatever type of smoker or grill you have because they're temperature-based. So I don't care mm-hmm. what you're cooking on. If you can get it up to 450 degrees and have two zones of heat, you can cook this recipe. Yep. If you can get your grill to a smoking temperature of 225 to 275 degrees, use these wood chunks. It's going to work out for you. Here's yep. an approximate timeline. Um, but it's never been based on a specific startup sequence for a certain type of grill because they just feel like uh, that can really cut down your ability to to have people turn out great results because they feel like, oh, this isn't for me. Mm. Um, but I think great food is for everyone. And People that are most intimidated by the grill itself, once they see how easy it is, and that's kind of where video has been the coolest thing, is because they're like, oh, she's just doing that? Like, why I did can... I think it was hard? Like, it's not yeah. hard. Yeah, um, and that's one of the, yeah. Yeah, there's not one of the greatest a... compliments. I'm sorry, we keep talking. No, go ahead. No, one of the greatest one of the compliments. Greatest compliments that I get from people is when I get a message saying, oh my gosh, it was so simple. You made it look so easy. I was totally intimidated. I'm a mega beginner, but I followed your recipe start to finish and it turned out awesome. And then when they come back and email me, because several people had years later, and they're like, you know, I used your recipes religiously for like two years. And I finally got the confidence and I've started working on my own recipes. And like, here's a recipe for this barbecue sauce that I came up with. They think it's really awesome. Like, you should try it. I love that because I I really think that my website is a resource. I don't care what level you're at. It can act as great inspiration. Even if you're an amazing chef, you can always mm-hmm. see something and get new ideas. Yeah. Um. But when people who are very much beginners find my website and kind of work they, their way through a lot of the library as they get started and then they're like, oh, I can do this on my own. I ran into a creator actually the other day. He's like, I've only been cooking barbecue for like four years. He has eight million times the amount of followers I have. It's amazing. He's like a content machine. Yeah. But he's like, when I first got into barbecue, I didn't know what I was doing. I used your recipes. Like a bunch of my early videos were just cooking your recipes because I didn't actually know how to cook stuff. Um, so it's really cool to be a part of that journey for people and a part of that process. And hopefully I'm a good stepping stone to wherever you want to go in the barbecue space. So you spent a couple of years, you were you know, digitizing their library, creating some new new content and new recipes uh, for the folks uh, at Traeger. And then you said you stepped out on your own. What was that uh, process like? And and when you did that, when you said, hey, I think I can do this on my own, what what was the dream? Like, what were you thinking? Uh, what were you thinking when you did I that? I don't know. Listen, <laughs> eight years later, I'm still not sure. But they, uh, Trigger had outgrown what I was doing. I was working from home. It was the perfect job because I had tiny kids and tiny babies. Mm. I had, I think, two kids while I was working and developing these recipes. And so it gave me the opportunity to do kind of both things that I love. I got to cook for my family and feed my family and friends. And I got to stay home. 
and yeah. uh they needed somebody full-time in office they built a fancy new office in salt lake city and i was like mm, i don't think that's the path that i'm ready to take because my youngest wasn't even a year old yet um so it was just kind of up in the air where things were going to land and my husband and i went on our first trip just the two of us that we had taken since we started like having kids and we just sat on a beach and talked for hours. And he said, you know, if you could do anything, what would you really want to do? Because you're kind of at a crossroads. You know, I've been working in a bunch of different part-time jobs for a bunch of different companies, helping them create content online. And, um, barbecue is the first one that I think I really like. I love, I love, I loved that work. I said, well, honestly, if I could keep cooking barbecue and stay home with the kids, then I would love to do that. And uh, at the time, my recipes were being published on the Traeger website without my first name. So people didn't know who the, re who the, who the recipes were attributable to. Hmm. Um, and I was seeing a lot. Of, I was hearing from a lot of my friends saying, you know, I want to cook like that. But like, I don't know. It's all dudes. Like, I don't. That was just never my realm. I don't know if I can do it. It's too. It's too scary to me. So right. I thought, you know, if I could and I. That was a real battle deciding if I even wanted to put myself out there publicly with my face associated with the brand. Um, but I thought, you know, people need to know like that there are women out here cooking like this because I saw them commenting on social media. I knew I talked to other people like they're out there. They're just right. You know, at the time you see a barbecue show and there's one chicken, eight to 10 dudes like the ratios were just so skewed. It's not that there weren't women out there. There were. Mm -hmm. um, but the representation was definitely different than it is now. And so I thought, well, I mean, it might as well be me, I guess. Like, if anybody's going to do it, I might, as, I might as well throw my hat in the ring. So that's kind of how it was born. And, you know, I'd been creating content online as a supplement to our income at that point for, like, five years. So I knew that the ability to generate revenue online was possible. And I even knew a couple of different avenues to make it possible. So my goal was for this to become a business. I didn't know what kind of a business necessarily. I didn't know how big of a business. I didn't know what avenues I would be pursuing to actually generate revenue at the time. Mm -hmm. I just knew it was possible. And that if that was something that I could do to help supplement our family's income, stay home and raise my kids and do something that I loved, like, could you write? a more awesome dream for yourself and so you know he kind of said okay well we have a little bit saved up um i got you and he gave me the go ahead and i spent 36 dollars, i believe buying the url in my first year of hosting on godaddy and locked down the domain names the day we got home and off off we ran so it was uh i i never never could have imagined what it's become right. ever in my wildest of dreams there was no fathoming uh this this the size of this business or any any of it um i just knew i wanted to cook barbecue and i wanted to show more people that it was like possible to do it at home and especially more women that they were capable and uh be a little bit of a representation for them in the space and hopefully make a little money <laughs> yeah no what um what, who were some of the women that you first identified kind of in the space that uh, kind of gave you some inspiration? Were there some folks out there doing it that you were like, yeah, you're, you're, you're doing this. I, I feel like it was giving you some inspiration. Now you're an inspiration, I think, to a lot of others. Uh, but who were some of those women that you were seeing in those early days? 
I did a little market research just to see like what what's happening. Yeah. Um, and initially, Leanne Whippen was the first woman that I really saw publicly represented in the space. And that was that first season of, mm. you know, Barbecue Pitmasters. Yep. And so just that alone, I was like, oh, okay, like they're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started looking on social media, I think the only one that I really saw publicly in the space was Jeff Pryle. Yep. And about the same month that I started my account, Christy Vanover from Girls Can Grill launched her account and we became instant friends. And Tita from Girl Carnivore um, and Married Fressler from Vindulge. And they were kind of, we all found each other, I think, within the first like two to three, four months of us starting. And Sean and Mary and Kita and Christy and I are all like we're planning a retreat for the four of us to get together in the coming weeks because well, that's great. we've just become lifelong friends and built an amazing relationship of intentionally supporting each other and yeah. choosing to support each other instead of feeling competitive or jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a very intentional uh, efforts towards collaboration and promotion and, and really shooting to help each other out. And it's been uh, life-changing. It's changed all of our businesses, I'm certain. That's great. You know, you when you find that group of people that you can uh, lean on, uh, that you can share that experience with, you guys are both in the same space or all four of you uh, are in the same space. Um, you're women, you're facing the same same challenges and you made that choice to support instead of compete. And and I think you're right. I think all those businesses have absolutely benefited from from that little network and the fact that you guys are going out, almost having a little mastermind uh, retreat yeah. type thing. Uh, I'm sure you guys are going to have a great time, but I'm sure there's going to be some ideas born that weekend uh, together that that are going to yeah. be turned into great content and great probably business ideas uh, for all of you. You know, the name Hey Grill Hey is is fantastic. Uh, when, when did it happen? Like when, when you, when you guys thought of it, was it like, that's fantastic. Cause I, that, you know, when I see it, I go, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's, it was born of a time when punny, silly names were kind of a hallmark of a food blog. And really yep. that was my focus. Um, those are even, you know, we talked about women in the barbecue space, but women in food blogging have also changed my life i've also formed amazing relationships with because um that was that was who taught me how to make this a business was women in food blogging i was like oh that's how that's how this becomes a career like food Mm. blogging itself is a career um and so you know punny names were kind of the the token of a food blog back in the day and we wanted something that definitely uh, denoted that I was a female that was running it. Because a mm-hmm. lot of times, even now, like, yes, that my name's in the recipe card or whatever. But if you go to the website, unless you're, you know, scrolling to the about page or, you know, clicking through to see what happens, sure. like, you wouldn't know. Uh, but the name itself does help people kind of have that, like, oh, like, oh, uh, so it was honestly, we're looking for ingredients in a grocery store and Todd yelled, Hey girl. And I yelled back, Hey, cause he found them on a separate <laughs> aisle. And that was how he was trying to get my attention in the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, and I walked around the corner and I was like, Hey grill. Hey. And he was like, Hey grill. Hey. And that's 
you know, it behaved like that, that light bulb moment was like, yep, that's, that's the one. That's what it is. Do you guys ever, (laughs) ever go back to that grocery store and just stand in that aisle and just say, this is, this is where it was born. This is, this is where we, (laughs) we haven't, but maybe we should erect a plaque or something. Yeah. You know, know. that would be some some good, like some good content, you know, like you get in the grocery store (laughs) and you know, he yells, you yell back and you come around the corner and you say, this is how it was born. Uh, this you know, is, you're, everybody's wanted to know this is, this is the place, the birth That's place. right. Uh, well, you know, you, you talked about the, the fact that you never could have dreamed that it would have become this big. Talk a little bit about what you guys do. Uh, you have an entire line of spice rubs, uh, and those are, those are distributed kind of everywhere online yeah. as well as like, I mean, what, what kind of channels are you in? uh distribution wise uh yeah let's we'll let's get there um so hey girl hey started like i said as a food blog that's our like main like that's how most people know of us um and usually they land there because they type something into google like smoked brisket and i was the first result and they clicked through to see what it was all about hopefully they cooked it and it turned out amazing that's that's the real goal um but we have millions of visitors a month find us through google Wow. Uh, so that's kind of our, our initial touch point with people and, you know, how they find the website itself. I have a library of over 600 recipes and articles um, that I've been compiling and building out for the last eight years. Uh, we also have an app available. So you can download the app and all of our recipes are available in the app. And it has some bonus features too, like a meal planner and a shopping list. So it makes it really easy to kind of plan your barbecue. Um, we have the grill squad, which is my online barbecue school and community. And the grill squad was born from people who wanted more than just a seven to 15 minute YouTube video. Um, you know, it gives me the opportunity. And also we really relaunched it in March of 2020, which was right when the pandemic hit. Um, but I get requests for classes a lot. And I have three kids at home. I don't travel for classes. It's really rare that I'll yeah. I'll travel for classes. That makes my ability to reach a lot of people, you know, small. <laughs> yep. Um. So the Grill Squad is where I have my online barbecue school, and there's uh, after this year I'll be twelve. We call them pitmaster classes, where I walk you through a brisket or a pulled pork or shoulders. We're launching a new pitmaster class that was. Uh, hosted by one of my friends, uh, he's a guest instructor. He's actually the head chef at Camp Chef for several years. He owned his own pizza restaurant for several years, and he did a whole class on cooking outdoor pizza. Oh, wow. um, so Great. there's a lot of opportunity to learn cool things that are really going to help you make better barbecue at home in your backyard. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole goal. We're not really geared towards competition. Like cooking, it's really backyard, home-style family cooking. It. So the grill squad's really awesome. And then we have our line of barbecue seasoning and sauces. Uh, I have six rubs and six sauces that are kind of a staple. And you can buy them online. We also have some amazing retailers. We're in Sportsman's Warehouse and Cow Ranch and a bunch of the Shields stores. And we're looking to get more Shields. If you're in the southern Texas area, all the Bucky's um, hey, stores yeah. carry our stuff. And we're working on... Uh, more international distribution this year. We're in several places throughout Canada, but we're also looking at Australia and Europe. So we're we're working on more international things uh, this coming year. So That's lots great. of places. And then uh, we do some limited drops with our products that are really fun. Cool. 
cool. So we did a turkey kit before Thanksgiving last year, and we made a thousand turkey kits, and they sold out in a week. Wow. Um, so we're doing ham kits this year, and we sold a thousand ham kits in a week this year. Um, so there's there are actually still some ham kits available because we learned from turkey kits and we made more. So yeah. if you're in the market for hams this year, several of our retail partners are carrying them or we have them online. Um, but the goal is for whatever that kit is, when you take it home and you make it start to finish, it'll be the best version of that thing you've ever had. So for our turkey kit, the goal was the best turkey you've ever had. And when we saw yeah. people cooking them on Thanksgiving, it was like, it was amazing. Like we had yeah. done it. And for the ham cakes, I was in the the development process of tweaking, you know, the sauce and the glaze and the rub and making sure it all worked out. And uh, that was our benchmark was the best ham ever. And I fed this ham to my mom and she said, Susan, she's the only one that saw it on Susan. <laughs> she said, Susan, this is the best ham I've ever had. And I was like, done, check. Like it's ready to go. <laughs> Send it yep, to market. Ship it. Yep. We have done it. Ship it. It's ready. Um, so that's been a really fun project for us. We have a couple other kits coming out this year that are, they're limited drops. So you kind of have to get them when you can get them. They're not available year round. Uh, and those have been really, really fun. That's cool. So the, uh, the grill squad, so that's a, that's a membership type thing, I yep. assume. So you Great. can buy the classes individually if you just want to take one class and see if you like it. Um, or you can join for an entire year and have access to all the classes. You can do them all at once. You can do one a month. Um, you can kind of stop and start at your own pace. When you join the full membership, we send you a welcome box and the welcome box is really cool. It comes with an apron with a grill squad patch on it. And then you can earn additional patches as you pass off the Fitmaster classes and post oh. in our private community. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, Boy Scouts for barbecue <laughs> you nice. can earn your badges and iron them on your apron so it's really fun to see as people are cooking their way through the pit master classes and, and improving their skills we do challenges and giveaways in there every month that it's, it's really fun it's a really like wholesome a lot of barbecue communities online um i'm sure if you've been on social media for more than five minutes and you talked about you know people have their opinions about even what type of cooker you're cooking on yeah. or whatever the case may be uh we built the grill squad to be like the nicest barbecue community in the world and yeah. they have really right. shown up that way it's super fun well and i think that all comes back to who's leading that you know i think yeah. you know you're you're setting that tone you're you're cheering you're you're the biggest cheerleader for all those members and they, they know that they feel that they know that you want that success uh so this is a there's an online community aspect to it as well like a facebook group type thing yep there's a private uh, facebook group we do great. it like lives in there with everybody every month and it's awesome that's good. Uh, so, you know, I, how many, uh, what's, what's family life for you at home right now? You've got, you've got Todd, you got taste test Todd and, uh, how many, yeah. how many, how many little ones do you guys have? Uh, we have three kids at home. So I have a 14 year old and 11 year old and a nine year old and Todd, the way that we kind of have things set up, he's actually like, we call it the lead parent. So he's in charge of carpools and play dates and sports yeah. and all that stuff. And, I kind of handle the business side of things and he does luckily bless his accountant heart and he still has some great financial background from his career. And so he still runs all the books on our financial side and, um, helps out a lot with the product company. And of course he records all the videos. So we keep him very busy. <laughs> yes, no, for sure. It, it sounds like, and you've got a pretty big team. 
uh, looking on the yeah. website, you've you've got uh, quite quite the crew there uh, to support this this enterprise. It's uh, it's very impressive. Our uh, team is the best. How do you balance that? You know, small business. Um, you know, has that been challenging for you to kind of run a small business, try to be this this nice brand and nice person in barbecue, uh, <laughs> and and try to you know attract like minded people and and try to also run a business because you know sometimes it, the the lines can get crossed between hey we're such a family we're just we we love to um, be together and we we treat each other the way others want to be treated you know that kind of stuff but at certain points business decisions need to be made um, how's that journey been for you just as almost a I'll call it an accidental leader you didn't you didn't set out to have a team of eight to 10 people. Um, and you may have more, but you know, now you do. Uh, so what's that journey been like for you? Um, lots of growing pain, honestly. Um, you know, every time we'd hit a ceiling, I'm kind of like, I've maxed out what I can do time-wise. I've maxed out what I can put in emotionally. Then we like write a list of all the things that I need help with. And that's kind Mm. of how we brought on employees and we'd hired people and um, so these people get to fill in all of these important places that I just had diminishing capacity for as my responsibilities grew. Um, and you know, our employees have been with us, like, <laughs> I think some of them are coming up. Todd was the first, so he's been here five years. Um, we have some that are over four. And so it's been, it has been like a family and it has been a growing process. And, you know, I don't know that we'll always do things perfectly but we always try to do things with integrity and with love first um and you know i'd rather make an, an honest mistake um if i feel like i'm doing the right thing than make a harsh or an incorrect mistake out of fear so that's you know i don't know if we have the opportunity we always choose love over fear and it's worked out so far so we're just going to keep doing that but the leadership part in um, something that I am actively trying to become better at. And I have a goal this year to read 12 like management books specifically mm. uh, so that I can be the leader that this business and this team needs. Because right now, honestly, they could probably run it without me. <laughs> They're so talented. They could, they could figure it out. Um, but I love being a part of it. And even after all these years, I have so much excitement and so much energy about where we're going and what's possible. And every year has felt different. No two years have been the same, whether it's a growing year or a plateau year or struggle or it's easy. Um, I just still love it so much. And I, you know, I started out loving the barbecue and the food part and that hasn't gone away, but now I get to love the business part and I get to love you know, the team building part and they get to love the customer experience part and all of these things that, again, like I had no concept of what it would become or where we would go. Um, but I don't know. I still love it all enough that I'm excited to see where we're headed because I still feel like I did on the first day. Like, I think there's something here. I don't know. Let's try. So as you, as you think about, you know, there's something here, let's try. That's something you're still doing. What's, what's next? for Hey Grill Hey? Oh, so I really think that we have the potential to grow the product company to um, make 
some really big waves in the food space. And that's kind of my next target. Um, I know that it seems silly, but very similar to when I looked into the barbecue space in the in the content world, um, you know, it was one woman for every 10 dudes or whatever ratio right. was. Uh, that's kind of how it is in the product space right now, honestly. I go to a barbecue pro shop and it's hay, grill hay, and maybe one or two other female-owned brands. Um, right. out of a whole wall of seasonings and sauces. Uh, so the goal now is just more representation of females in the space because we're out there. And yeah. so if I can be a part of the community that, that, that moves that forward and that leads that charge, that would be awesome. Uh, one of my long-term goals is to see Hey Grill Hay on grocery store shelves next to Stubbs and Ray's and Hughes and all the other dude brands that are yeah. currently on, you know, national grocery shelves. So hopefully that'll be the case in the future. That's definitely a direction that I would love to see the product go because I think it could open the door for a lot more amazing brands that are out there and growing and, uh, you know, want to be in the space. So, yeah. So are you, are you positioning yourself as someone who wants to, to mentor these, these other, you know, budding, uh, female, uh, brands or are you are you thinking like hey like let's let's see how we can uh help you get to market and do this together and be kind of part of the maybe an umbrella of of brands is that kind of the the bigger dream Dude, i don't even know i don't even know what's yeah. possible that's the craziest thing is i'm like <laughs> how could i mentor somebody when i don't know what i'm doing um so that feels like comical to me <laughs> but very similar to the community of, of women that I built in the blogging space and in the yep. online content creation space. I very much believe that there are women in the product space right now where we can bolster each other and we can support each other and we can build each other up. And so I definitely like the idea of being a mentor is comical to me because I feel like chronically under accomplished. Um, but like, do you want to go with us? Sure. Like, let's all go together. Yeah. We'll hop on the same train. <laughs> I think I think you're 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 being a little hard on yourself because I I think there are a lot of <laughs> a lot of folks that would look at you and say I want to be that and yeah. and help me help me understand a little bit of how how you did that so um I, I and think if you're, you're listening and that's you shoot me a message please like great. I Love that. we spent many hours uh, we had a phone call with a friend today that you know Todd and I and he was saying okay what do I do next. Um, so we, we take those phone calls regularly and often. So yes, I know that it's happening and we are actively like yeah. mentoring people, but it's, it's not something that I would say at this point yet. I feel like I can give you a roadmap to success because yeah, that's fair. I'm like, I'm still, I am not figure it out yet. <laughs> you know, you hit on it earlier, kind of with your little, um, your little girl gang of, uh, of barbecue, uh, ladies that, that you kind of have become super close with. And then you just mentioned like, Hey, you were talking to somebody else today. I, I have found just in, in my short time, really being a part of this barbecue community, that this is more often the norm than the exception that people really are generous with, with their time, generous with their advice. The, the amount of people that are so far ahead of me that have offered me help, uh, even just folks like you sitting down today, taking time to be on a little podcast, uh, you know, those, those type of things, those aren't lost on me. 
Uh, and I think just, just your, the, the way you're positioning yourself, the way you're, you're talking about being a help out there is, is just so encouraging. Uh, and I, and I know that you've, you've experienced that probably from others that were further ahead at certain points as well. Absolutely. And you know, that's one of the reasons why people don't just say we're a barbecue community. We say we're a barbecue family. Yes. Um, and it's because it does feel that way. I get a lot of questions from people outside the barbecue space. Like, were you met with a lot of resistance being a female in the space? Were there a lot of people like, no, honestly, I, I feel like I was immediately embraced and, uh, you know, supported and cheered on and lifted up. And there were so many people that helped me out early on and continue to help me out. And, uh, I just, I love that about the barbecue community. That's one of the main reasons that when Todd asked, you know, if you could do anything, what would you do? I'm like, I want to stay here, like in the barbecue space because it's, and they're like, yes, there are people online and yes, there are people that will always have my opinion, like, Sure. Pick an industry. It doesn't matter. Yes. Like that exists everywhere. And we need that opposition sometimes. We need both sides. Um, but by and large, the most supported, the most helpful, the most uh, you know, dedicated community of people. And honestly, it's not hard to see why. Like barbecue makes people happy. We yeah. get to cook awesome food, we get to kick back, we get to like swap stories and share secrets and, and eat really well at the end of the day. And so why not, why not be a joyous and helpful community? You know, that's right. What's, uh, what's something that gets you just excited about the barbecue industry and maybe some trends and where you see it going? Is there anything that you think like, yeah, I'm really excited about this direction for kind of the, the industry as a whole. Oh, I love the, I, and there are mixed feelings about this, but I love the advent of the short form video format on TikTok and Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. I feel like it's exposure of our industry to such a wider audience than mm. it's ever really reached before and a different generation than has really yeah. been tapped into until now. And the boundaries that chefs are currently pushing to reach that audience, I can only imagine what kids coming up watching that content now are going to be cooking in three to five years when they're the ones behind the grill, when they're the ones lighting the fires. Like, I just think we're going to see some of the most beautiful, some of the most delicious, some of the most perfected forms of barbecue mm. than we've ever been able to see. And it's because kids are coming up with it. Like right. I didn't find barbecue until I was in my 20s because I didn't grow up around it. Um, you know, people who had the privilege of growing up with barbecue as part of their like family culture and family history, like I, they have such a head start. And yeah. so these kids that have access to this type of content and this type of information, young, mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't even, I'm so excited to see. I'm hopefully going to be just like lying on a beach somewhere by then, retired uh -huh. and having somebody feed me barbecue. I don't know. Um, but I'm just so excited to see what this next generation is going to bring to the table in terms of ingenuity and inventiveness and creativeness and flavors um, that we just, we haven't even seen. It's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That is a, that's a great answer and a perfect answer for me. Just such an encouraging answer. Like it's so positive. Uh, and I love that that's your, that's your view of, the barbecue community. 
Um, well, we'll, we'll fun, kind of finish our time with just uh, a little bit of a, a speed round, if you will. Uh, you know, just a few questions here. Obviously, May the Smoke Be With You has a little bit of a, a tip of the hat to to Star Wars. Um, and uh, so we, we always ask our guests if they have kind of a favorite Star Wars movie. Okay. Um, the Empire Strikes Back. Okay. That's a good one. That That's a popular choice. Uh, and then do you have a favorite character? You're just, you're like, I, I was really, I should have, I should have brushed up on oh this Oh my before. gosh, no. I, honestly, Tata and my nine-year-old are kind Our of big Star, Star Wars, Wars freaks, actually. Okay. For my, my child's eighth birthday, he did the whole Disneyland, pick out your lightsaber nice. experience. And he talks about the stone that's inside. He's very much, he's very into the whole okay. realm. Um, I identify most with old Yoda when okay. like he just like Luke just keeps talking and he just like goes, he just died. <laughs> okay. Uh, is that, is that what this podcast has been for you? Are you just about ready to go no. to sleep and die? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I imagine at some future date, I would just be, you know, I just want to lay on this log and close my eyes. <laughs> Not even to death necessary. It just seems so peaceful. Okay, I like it. Uh, what uh, what type of music do you listen to? Oh my gosh, I listen to everything, especially with kids. My house is currently a mix of uh, our kids have recently rediscovered like the music that Todd and I listened to in college, which is like two thousand punk rock, like okay, Blink one eighty two to Fall Out Boy. Like that realm is very popular in my house right now. Okay. My fourteen year old daughter also went through a big show tunes phase of her okay. life all right so the mama mia soundtrack abba yes. is like very much a part of our repertoire right. hamilton um, and yep disney movies never stop we still yep. listen to disney movie soundtracks um so we have we have an eclectic musical taste but we are entering summer and summer tends to be when we listen to country music it works its way in in phases it does so who is who is your first concert <laughs> Oh my gosh, my first concert was Backstreet Boys. Okay. I think I was right. 12 years old. My mom right. took me and my best friend to Backstreet Boys. Who was your last concert? Oh, they're all. I think it was Blink-182, actually. Okay. How long like ago was pretty, that? Like maybe five years ago. Okay. All right. You need to get out a little I more. don't know. Listen, man, I'm kind of busy, okay? <laughs> I got this business. I got these kids. Uh, so, all right. If you're, uh, if you're out there cooking and it's, it's a long cook and it's, maybe it's summertime. Uh, what, what are you drinking? Are you, what, are you enjoying a beverage? Uh, San Pellegrino. Okay. I'm a big flesh like, or crisp. Topo Chico. Yes. I think Topo Chico might be my favorite sparkling water. I like it. Yeah. If you've never had like a fresh Topo Chico with a barbecue platter in Austin in the middle of August when it's like the most sweltering humid disgusting mess outside the topo chico is the greatest gift that's the savior to your that's just ever your been given at, at that yeah. point all right so uh i that, that's that's a good answer that's a very good answer uh and i know in texas actually some barbecue places close like during like the the heat like there's a there's i know like franklin closes and I think La Barbecue, and there's a there's a handful that kind of take like a two or three week, like when it's just going to be it's really brutal, miserable. Man. They're just like, yeah, hey, it's, it's it's too hot to be around. Fire. We don't want to do you this. 
Yeah, it's, it's just mean. It's torture. Um, <laughs> all right. So this, this I think is a tough one for people that love barbecue. So if you had to just choose one region or type of barbecue to eat, kind of, you could eat other foods that so you're not stuck eating it, but you couldn't eat any other types. So, you know, like from a region standpoint, you could just eat kind of one barbecue region. So that would be like a South Texas. It could be a, a Carolina, uh, Kansas City, Memphis, you know, or or pick your poison there. What what would you choose? Um, I'm a Kansas City girl. I love okay. a sweet, dark, sticky molasses-based sauce. Okay. I love burnt ends. I love that they just don't care, and they'll put fried onion rings on a barbecue sandwich, and people are like, that's not traditional, and they're like, shut up. Like, Kansas City, I think, uh, I was on a tour once of Joe's Kansas City of their, like, huge kitchen smokehouse that they have yeah. there, and yeah. the guy was like, you know, everybody else may have invented barbecue, but Kansas City perfected it. And that's just, like, this attitude of, like, yeah. we're basically going to do whatever we want. And, uh, you know... <laughs> And I just, I really love that. I love that whole attitude. And yeah. it's very much a barbecue city. Like, yes. I think Kansas City has the highest per capita uh, barbecue restaurant of any city in the United States of America. Like, people just, like, love, they love barbecue in Kansas City. And it's an experience. And they enjoy it. And they'll go eat at every barbecue place. And they don't care. And anyway, I'm a, I'm a Kansas City girl. Todd, I would tell you, is Central Texas. He wants yeah. post oak salt and pepper all day. Yes. Yes. I think that's where I would go. Uh, I, I think I would I would lean towards Todd on that. Uh, I will say that Joe's is is one of my favorite spots. Uh, Dude, that Z-Man sandwich. Yes. No, it's fantastic. You can't and, eat that and tell me it's not the best. Like, it's no, just it, so good. It's great. And, and I will tell you that I think uh, on two different occasions, I had some of the best ribs from a restaurant that I've ever had there. And I was just in awe of just the the it's it's one thing for you or I to do two racks of ribs or three racks of ribs and watch them all day and be, but there are hundreds and hundreds of racks of ribs and that they can do yeah. it's just, just amazing. But yeah, um, it totally is. I'm a, I'm a Kansas city lover through and through. And it, like I said, it's part of like that whole community culture there. And so the standards are so high mm -hmm. or like if it, if somebody from Kansas city is going to tell you that's good barbecue, like you better listen, you're probably going to get really good barbecue because they've eaten everywhere. Well, uh, I think we'll end it there, man. I really appreciate, uh, you taking the time. This has been great. Learned a lot about you. Uh, I think, uh, admire you and the brand even more now after spending some time with you and I hope <laughs> others do as well. And, uh, you know, if you are, uh, a young brand out there, uh, you know, a female driven, uh, brand and you're looking for some help, take Susie up on her offer, reach out to her. And, uh, I think she would truly love to help you. Thanks for joining us. Yep. And uh, we will uh, we'll see you again down the road. Hey, see you. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for listening to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast with Joe Levitt.